0: Log Talk Radio Oh mama, I'm in fear for my life From the long, I'm of the law Got miles to go before we sleep Lawmen is putting into my running And I'm so far from my home We will not go gently uh, We're going to unleash hell here in December Oh mama, I can hear you A-crying, you're so scared Hey, man, hey, it's hey. coming down to the Steelers' hangover. It's that extravaganza, 24 hours after the players play, but it's the offseason, so uh, they're not going to play. They haven't been playing, but as always, there's stuff going on in Steeler Nation, and we are here, behind the steel curtain, that is, to talk all about it, my friends. And with me once again, as always, is my very good friend, Tony Defeo, From behind the still curtain, Tony, good evening, afternoon, morning, brunch, wherever you are. It might be 5 o'clock somewhere for you. I don't know what Hmm. it is when anybody's listening, but hello.
1: Hey, Brian, as always, happy Monday. Happy Pirates Home Opener. It's not looking too good right now, but uh, it's a great day to play games. Well,
0: not looking good means... You don't know what happened, so it didn't look good at all, my friend. <laughs> so, ah. yeah, that game just ended, and uh, you know, ball got him in the top of the, uh, I believe it was the top of the tenth inning. But uh, we're not here to talk about baseball. But I do love op- home opening day, um, just like I I love it for the football season as well. It's everything's new. You're feeling good. And then a couple of hours later, you're like, yeah, <laughs> possibly uh, just like last year for the Steelers. I mean, even though it ended up high, we were like, Ugh. I mean, that uh, that's how we feel. And that's that's why we call the show the hangover, because we're going to talk about how we feel, how we've recovered after everything that's gone on in the past week. And luckily, we're not dealing with the uh, craziness that we have in, I'd say, the last eight to 12 weeks on the show with all the speculation, all the crazy stuff. That is behind us, hopefully. It was actually a pretty quiet week. Something happened today in Steeler Nation. That's something that uh, we are going to talk about as well. And um, look forward to the future like we always do. And we're going to be talking about the future and talking about how you feel about management, namely one, General Manager Kevin Colbert. But before we do that, Behind the still Curtain is brought to you by Behind the still Curtain. Actually, I'm sorry. Behind the still Curtain presents The Steelers' Hangover is brought to you by Behind the still Curtain. That sounds a whole lot better. Remember, like this time of year, we're talking about the draft. We've got all kinds of speculation. We've got all kinds of breaking news. We have all kinds of commentary, which uh, some of our best commentary is done by our very own Tony Deffio. On the other end of this conversation, uh, I mentioned breaking news to you, and there was breaking news today, Tony, and the Steelers finally parted ways with one Morgan Burnett, the safety that they just brought in last year from the Green Bay Packers, and basically, the situation, I guess it's a good thing, I, I hate to see the guy go, I thought, I thought he was a talented player, he was hurt a lot. When he played, he had some signs of brilliance, but he wasn't happy with the fact that he was playing more sub-package linebacker than safety, She played most of his career. So uh, what are your thoughts on our um, – I'm, I'm going to uh, channel my Myron Cope here and say our dearly departed um, Morgan Burnett, even though now he's not dead. And, uh, don't, I mean, don't mistake mm-hmm. that, but – it sounds like something Myron would
1: say. Yeah, I was when they, when they picked him up last year, I was actually really excited because I, you know, read some things about him, you know, about some available free agents and one guy called him the centerpiece of the Packers defense. Like they re- relied on him to do a lot of things and I thought he'd come in and and and, and be as, you know, like a quarterback of the secondary, you know, a veteran presence, take Mike Mitchell's place, so to speak, even though he would be a strong safety, not a free safety. But they went out and they signed – or they drafted Terrell Edmonds, and I guess that changed everything. So um, I'm I'm sure Edmonds wouldn't have played as much as as he did in his rookie year if uh, Morgan Burnett hadn't gotten hurt – had not gotten hurt, but he did. So, you know, they were going to want to put him in eventually, the rookie first-round pick. So the handwriting was kind of on the wall, and then they went out and signed uh, Mark Barron a couple weeks ago to play the the dime linebacker, the inside linebacker position, to do all those little things that – that uh, Morgan Burnett was slated to do last year. So it's kind of unfortunate that they had to, that they had to part way so fast. But the fact that he he asked for his release really didn't give the Steelers much of a recourse but to release him. They really probably couldn't get much for him in a trade. So it's one of those deals where, you know, I thought it was a good signing. It just didn't work out.
0: Fact or fiction, Tony, Morgan Burnett would have stayed a Steeler if he did not ask for his release.
1: I'm going to say fact, you know, because I mean, you, you want, you want a a veteran presence in that unit, you know, at least as far as safety, you have Joe Hayden. You're going to want another guy who's been around the block and who's done a lot of good things in the NFL. And uh, if, had he been okay with a support supporting role at the age of what? 30, 31. Now I think he's 30. You know, he, I think he could, have, he could have stayed here even with Mark Barron on the roster. You know, he's going to play inside linebacker, meaning Barron. So, there would have been room in the secondary. So I think he would have stayed. But the fact that he, he asked for a release, I think they they basically had to, had to uh, like Mike Tomlin says, they, they want volunteers and not hostages. So, you know, they gave him what he wanted. That
0: is my favorite. That's my favorite Mike Tomlin line, Tomlinisms. Some of them drive me absolutely crazy, like <laughs> popcorn and obviously, obviously. Um, But, yes. you know, and uh, I never minded living in my own fears. But uh, I actually love this one. I mean, this one really paints the picture of what they need here. And I think there's a – I think the last of the hostages are gone. I don't think Morgan Burnett was going to cause any trouble. I just – you know, he was frustrated with the role that he was playing. That's not exactly what he signed on for. And um, with that being said, you know, he could go ahead and – look for work on his own. Now, I did not get a chance to look to see what this does for the salary cap. cap. Do you happen to know whether this helps or hurts the salary cap situation or is there too much dead money involved?
1: Well, I think it was my understanding that he was going to be a June 1st release. That's why it was kind of a a shocker because I think it would have saved some of dead money if they would have waited until june 1st to to release him so it's probably not ideal but i don't see think it's going to be as bad as obviously what happened with antonio brown you know the dead money that that they had to take on because of that so there's probably more dead money than had they waited until june 1st i don't see it i don't think it's going to be a huge deal
0: No, um, i tell you what, I would have loved to have kept him um, with Mark Barron there with the possibility of having another veteran like you said. I mean, I thought that that would have been great to have him there, especially with injury. They have the highest confidence in uh, Terrell Edmonds, but I'm going to throw another fact of fiction at you, Tony. I mean, the confidence in Terrell Edmonds directly correlates to the fact that he's a number one pick and they're doing that to save face. Is that fact or fiction?
1: Until I see otherwise, I'm going to have to say fact, because you really didn't see a whole lot from him last year other than a lot of playing time. He, he was thrown into the mix right away, baptism by fire, and he didn't do a whole lot of noticeable stuff. But then again, needed a Troy Palomaro his rookie year, so I'm holding out hope that that, that he'll make a great leap, that, that all-important first to second-year leap.
0: That's very true. Now, I mean, that's not to say and I know you're not saying that he's going to be a Troy Polamalu. No one's going to be a Troy well, Palomalo. So. <laughs> that's that's a mold breaking yes. player. I uh right. I don't think that he would be a Troy Palomalo. I think he would be I think he has the potential to be a Pro Bowl player. Um I have I have a feeling he could do very well in this league. And I I have a feeling he could be a ten year player for this team. Um the problem is, Tony, is the fact that the fans of this team have very little confidence in how well the Pittsburgh Steelers pick, especially when it came to the Terrell Edmonds pick. I mean, we have all these armchair GMs, especially after we was picked, saying Oh, this guy could have went in the third round. Um, they uh, only made this pick they they would have traded down, but they had Ryan Shazier there and didn't want to waste his trip, which I think is you know I mean that could be true, but you know come on that's uh they they could have brought Ryan Shazier out there to announce that they traded the pick. You know they they could have done anything. Exactly. I mean you're just not going to yeah. mortgage your future because you want uh, you want to save face with 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 having Shazier uh, there. So. But with that being said, I am hearing a lot from friends, from uh, people on the message boards, all over, talking about how the Steelers can't draft certain positions. Now, we know they draft very well wide receiver. It's been well documented the success over the years. If you look at – if we go ahead and just go the last 10 years – We'll, we'll even count 2009. Let's go the last 11 years um, because we'll count 2009 there. And, you know, Mike Wallace came in that draft in 2010. You had A.B. and you had Emmanuel Sanders. Um, over the years, you have had more great players. Juju Schuster is another one to talk about. They do very well drafting at that position. And Martavis Bryant was another one. Now, of course, his uh, – off-the-field actions um, and his vices and problems um, kept him from being a great player, but they do very well drafting at that position. And And you can look at other positions that they draft very well. I mean, offensive line, I would say they draft very well. Um, but then you look at the cornerback position, a very important position in this league, And people will say, Steelers do not know how to draft a corner. And I had an argument with a close friend the other day, and I bring this friend up all the time because he is the opposite of me. He's very negative when it comes to the Steelers. We've actually had him on as a caller on the show before, and he says, oh, no way can the Steelers draft a corner. Like, they can draft a corner, and this is my opinion. They can draft a corner, but the problem is, they're drafting in the wrong spots. If you look at 2015, they had a guy on their radar, and they missed him by three picks, and that was uh, Marcus Peters. They would have loved to have had that guy. That guy's had a good career. After that, the guys after that were question marks, so they didn't draft that guy. They waited until the second round, and they thought they had a very good player in Senquez Golson. Yeah. Sinquez Golson has never seen the regular season, and that is because of injuries. so can you tell me that they don't know that that guy was a bust because he of what he did on the field? You could call it a busted pick because it didn't work because he never played, but he never had the time, he never had a chance to fail on the field, Tony.
1: would right. you agree with me on that? I, absolutely, I would, cut, I would agree and,
0: He had 10 interceptions his senior season He's very good But he, I mean, they don't know how to draft the guy Because they, they picked this guy But What What did he have, stress fractures in his um,
1: Yeah In his, his shoulders and, yeah.
0: and then another one in his foot
1: um, Yeah, he had a shoulder so, problem And a foot problem
0: so, you know, so that's one guy. Now let's go to 2016. They des- I mean, everybody agreed that they desperately needed a cornerback. And 2016 seemed to be the year for a cornerback. Um, if I'm not mistaken, and it's uh, something that I am looking up, but I believe that there was five or six – there five cornerbacks drafted before – the Steelers picked at number 26 with Artie Burns. And uh, that's something that uh, we're taking a look at right here. But that draft saw a great cornerback going in the first round, Jalen Ramsey. Now, let me ask you this. If you're picking, and you're picking in the top five, and you're, for some reason, Pittsburgh's in the top five, and Jalen Ramsey's there, or the Steelers picking him?
1: He was the best player in that draft, yeah. So, yeah, they they, they, would, have, yeah. they would have picked him easily. Yeah. So does this mean
0: – so this means because the Jacksonville Jaguars picked Jalen Ramsey that they have a better drafting record and they have a better front office because they picked this guy. No, it means that they were so crappy – that they had the number five pick in the draft and were able to get the guy. That's what it means. So he went at number five. And then not too far later, that very same draft, Eli Apple went at number 10. Now, you know, mixed reviews on Eli Apple with what he did with the New York Giants. But here's the thing with Eli. He was traded to the Saints this year. And but I believe he was he was traded for a number one pick. And he did very well in the playoffs for in the playoffs and down the stretch for New Orleans. So, you know, with that being said, they wanted this guy. The, and they but they knew Ramsey, they knew Apple was would never fall to them. They also knew that the guy that went at number eleven, Vernon Hargraves from Tampa Bay, who's had a decent career, would have never fallen to them either. So, in the top eleven picks, three guys went in 2016 that were corners. Now, if they were there, they would have, but they couldn't get them. Let's keep on keep on going down that draft. Um, there was a uh, there's a guy, Carl Joseph who is a strong safety for West Virginia has not had a great career for the Raiders, but he was, everybody was so high on this guy. And if the Steelers were at 14, would have probably picked the guy. Everybody that was there would have picked this guy because he was, he was really that good. You look at number 15, Corey Coleman, who I don't even know if Coleman's still in the league, he was traded to Buffalo. Then he was cut again after the the Browns cut him. He was he went number fifteen as a wide receiver, but he was so widely heralded, a lot of teams, if they could have gotten him there, were gonna go ahead and get him. So you've got to realize that it's where people, where teams are drafting that if they have an opportunity to get him, they're gonna get him. And if you look at someone like the Steelers, they're they're drafting so late that they're never going to have the opportunity to get some of these guys. This year, they have a better opportunity to get some of these guys. At number 24, the fourth cornerback went off the board. A guy Pittsburgh wanted badly. And Cincinnati knew Pittsburgh wanted badly. And Cincinnati had just taken Darquez Denard two two years before. I um Right before Right before Ryan Chazier was picked, in fact, there was a lot of people that thought that uh, Pittsburgh if if uh, would go ahead and get Denard. And actually, I'm wrong um, if I think correctly. He went right after, um, not too far after Chazier. But uh, just the fact that he didn't work out, that everybody was high on this guy. Uh, William Jackson III was the name that rose. And everybody was saying that Pittsburgh's going to go take this kid out of Houston, William Jackson, the third, since he knew it, they went in, had him grabbed him, And we've seen William Jackson, the third, besides being hurt his first year, have a very, very good career so far in Cincinnati as a corner, especially he gave, he gave a B all kinds of problems. Then you get to number 25, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, so you look at the uh, the grade that they gave him at the time. And I'm looking at USA Today right now. I mean, I'm sure other people are going to give other grades. This is what they gave him at the time, a B-. minus. This was an analysis on Burns. Burns should develop into a good player, but it will take some time. He's a playmaker who can be burned by double moves. The Steelers have Super Bowl expectations in 2016. Not sure if Burns gets them close to that goal in the short term, but overall, good pick so here's here's the thing about that that's the 25th pick in the draft tony that means yes. that one-fifth of 2016 were corners Steeler nation but let me ask you this tony would have steeler nation been livid if if pittsburgh got through that first round and didn't take a corner
1: Uh, I think they, w- they would have been uh, pretty livid because that's been a need forever. But as, as you, you've, you've said it many times the past uh, few minutes, when you're drafting that low, you're not going to get the you're not going to get the good ones. Eli Apple was a top ten pick. How did how the Saints get him? Who always draft in the twenties? They had to trade for him. Joe Hayden was a top ten pick. How would the Steelers get him? The Browns released him. When you're drafting in the twenties, the premium corners they're the guys that, that you know you're going to not gonna be able to get those guys. You might be able to get a receiver, a running back, maybe a tight end, offensive you know, a guard, but you're not gonna get the, the, the top corners. There's a premium on those guys year in and year out. So to say that Kevin Colbert doesn't know how to draft those kind of players is just foolish. It's foolish. It's you're just you're just you're just uh insulting the guy for no reason. You're not gonna you're not gonna you have to understand that they've been drafting an average of, of 23rd since Mike Tomlin's been their coach, that they've been a really good team since Mike thomas has been their coach. And yet, and they've still been able to put together a, a really good roster, even besides the fact that Kevin Colbert can't apparently can't draft corners. He can draft all these other positions. But for some reason, he draws a blanket cornerback. It doesn't make any sense, right?
0: I agree 100%. That's what I'm trying to say as well. If you look at 2017, um I mean, I had friends that are saying, you know, Steelers don't know how to draft. Look at the Steelers (laughs) draft from 2017. Number one, T.J. Watt in the Pro Bowl this year. Number two, Juju Smith-Schuster in the Pro Bowl this year. Um, The third round, they went and got um, Cam Sutton from Tennessee. Not in the Pro Bowl, did not. Do exactly what they thought they wanted to do. Wanted him to do. Um, he still could come out and uh, play well for them, but um, after the first two seasons, not yet. We haven't seen what we wanted. But you look around him, and not much uh, after him. There weren't that many promising corners that went after him. There was nothing special whatsoever in after. Uh, Sutton in the third round. Then you go ahead and look back at the uh, the last pick of the third round, and who was it? It was uh, James Connor, who was in the Pro Bowl last year. So three of your four picks to go ahead and be in the Pro Bowl, that's absolutely pretty amazing. But getting back to my point, Tony, um, after Sutton was picked, and Sutton was picked at Pick 94. Um, right before him, two picks before him, a uh, a corner went, and it was Jordan Lewis who uh, had some problems off the field. The Cowboys picked him. I don't really know too much about him. Four picks before him was Shaquille Griffin, which uh, Seattle Seahawks picked him up, and then last year they picked up his brother, uh, Shakim, uh, the one-handed star, the linebacker for them, that has been doing real well. But the Steelers had did not have an opportunity to get those guys because they were picked before them. Um, next up was uh, for the Dolphins, Cordrea Tankersley. Um, then you had Brendan Langley. About seven picks later, uh, going to the Denver Broncos. I'm familiar with tankerously, but I don't think he's done much um, at all for the Dolphins on the pro level. Um, another corner at that point was not taking, taken until uh, the 126th pick, and this is the fourth round. And that's Howard Wilson for the Cleveland Browns. Don't believe he's uh, done anything whatsoever. Um, don't know that that name at all and I see the Browns play a lot. Then uh there's uh Atlanta Falcons at 144. Ex- and uh this guy is uh believe this guy's a superstar. And uh I can't even pronounce his name. Dem- well, yeah, I guess I can. Damonte Kazee from San Diego State at 149. Now, here's the first here's the first great corner um a great pick that i believe that came out of that draft and a guy that dropped that could have been should have been a lot sooner and a lot of people were talking about him out of iowa in the maybe second third round desmond king out of iowa um he was heralded and something happened that he dropped and dropped and dropped and i think there were some uh, maybe uh concerns about character or concerns about, uh, I believe something came out before the draft, um, an anonymous thing, a tweet about something he may have done. If, if I remember correctly, he went to the chargers at one fifty-one. We definitely know who Desmond King is because he ran that fall back on December 2nd against the Steelers oh. and was absolutely, and Desmond King's a very good player, but, You've got a guy that you're picking in the third round, and then 80 picks later, you get a very good player that gets picked. No one was taking this guy is what I'm trying to say. No one was taking De- Desmond King. This or He dropped. So everybody, not just the Steelers missed out on him, everybody missed out on him until somebody took a flyer, and that's exactly what, in the fifth round. Tony, would you agree that that's a flyer?
1: Yes, absolutely. It, you're hoping he makes the team, let alone starts.
0: Exactly. So what what I'm saying about the draft before you say that that uh, the team can't pick a corner. And I know we can go back to to other drafts. I know the 2010 draft. There was two corners taken. I know uh, um, Joe Burnett was one of them. Um, you know, and they and uh, Keenan Lewis was the other one in that draft, and I know they didn't quite. Keenan Lewis actually got a nice free agent deal from the uh, New Orleans Saints, and uh, he, I believe he went to the Pro Bowl too. He that's that's a guy that people don't realize that the Steelers picked well. They just didn't keep him because he he was gone but people forget all about Keenan Lewis. So that was a good pick that they made. And if I'm not mistaken, I think Keenan Lewis was a fifth rounder that year. And Joe Burnett was a third rounder going in the same round as the likes of Mike Wallace and Craig Urbic that year. And this is just off the top of my head. That's something that that I'm going to go ahead and look at. But Tony, does, does this prove that, it's not the fact that the Steelers can't draft the corner, but the Steelers are never in position to draft the right corner.
1: Yeah, it proves it. <clears throat> because, you know, like I said earlier, you look at two years ago, uh, the record number of corners that went by the time the Steelers picked Judy Smith-Schuster. So they, had to, they went, went out and they, they found a receiver who was first-round first caliber in the second round because everybody else was trying to find a cornerback. The cornerbacks are and are, no are, one
0: wanted Juju Smith Schuster. I know Jeff right. and I were on the phone celebrating and I was I was talking to my one buddy. We were completely celebrating this guy.
1: Yeah, he was a, he's the first round talent but they managed to get in the second round. You can't you can't give Kevin Corbett kudos for that. That was a great that was great that they found him like that. And and you, you mentioned the twenty seventeen draft. What about twenty sixteen? They found their they're strong, they're, they're uh, free safety in the third round. They found, or second round, they found Hargrave in the third round, who looks like he's going to be a, a, a stud any second. Now he's on the cusp of being a a uh, a really good player. Obviously, TJ Watt and Juju are Pro Bowl players, or they're, they're about to be superstars. So, I mean, you got to give Kevin Glover credit for being able to find these guys and, and, and keep the team competitive, despite the fact that. They're always tracking so low, not just in the first round, but in every round. So I mean, Kevin Colbert has my one hundred percent confidence in in, in in that he can keep doing this job and he he's given me no reason to, to think that, that he's suddenly fallen off you know, like fallen off in terms of his abilities.
0: I concur completely. And let's talk about uh the two thousand sixteen third round pick from South Carolina state, Siobhan Hargrave. I thought that was uh, a fantastic pick. I was telling my, my friends and I mean, I was kind of regurgitating what I was, what I was seeing from um, draft experts that uh, this guy's really good. Um, He could be, he could be a sleeper, a really good pick out of a small school. And, um, you know, I got to tell you, South Carolina State puts out some good defensive players because look at look at the Colts picking up um, the defensive rookie of the year this year from a linebacker from South Carolina State that Pittsburgh was looking at as well. But if you look back at that 16 draft, the guy that everybody in Steeler Nation wanted was a nose tackle. They wanted this the next. Casey Hampton. They thought it was Andrew Billings out of Baylor. The Bengals took yeah. him in the fourth round. He's he's had an okay career. He hasn't been anything special. Hargrave is a much better player. has has much better stats and is a whole lot more versatile. And here's the thing: nobody had Hargrave, including me, before the draft as as a pick as even a consideration so the bottom line is these guys scout and they know what they know what what uh they know and they do their homework we do the homework based on what mel kiper is saying what uh what all these mock drafts are saying and uh just who ha- who are names well I, I do the same thing i, I like big names But I'd much rather have a Javon Hargrave than an Andrew Billings at this point. So what I'm saying is, you know, it's where you're picking all the same. Everybody talks about Bill Belichick being an amazing draft guy, and he does really well. But if you look at at some of the first-round busts they've had, in fact, I wouldn't be surprised if they have had more first-round busts than the Steelers in the last 20 years. Um, that's something that we could do as a comparison. That might be might be pretty fun to do, but these guys don't keep the players that uh, that you think they do because they just don't hit all the time when you're drafting that high. And the other thing that I'm looking at here is I'm going to ask you a question, actually, Tony. What's what do you consider? Being a good percentage
1: of hits
0: NFL draft
1: each and every year I'd say yeah I'd say thirty three percent i mean you you're, you're 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 drafting like seven guys so if you if you get three or four when i say i'm I'm thinking of a twelve round draft I'm sorry seven, seven more like forty to forty five percent if you get three or four of those guys that can really contribute for you every year, then, then that's a good draft. And if, if they're impact if, players, if, that's even better.
0: For me, if you get – yeah, I, if you get four players, four starters out of a draft, I think that's absolutely incredible. Um, I really think that if you get, you know, three starters, that's good. And I think if you get two starters, it's probably not that bad. I mean, as long as you can get key reserves out of out of that draft too. Look, everybody wants sexy. Everybody wants the great uh, the great pick. And I've got my friend who thinks Colbert Lawson has to go, and a few of them they want them to hit on all seven. For me, I don't love when the A B trade happened the other day. I was like, ah, because I don't like love fifth round picks. I don't care about a fifth-round pick because the odds are less that anybody five and below are going to hit.
1: So right.
0: the third-round pick I'm cool with. The fifth-round pick, eh, you know, I mean, hopefully. Um, he was trying to get, get me to say, well, hey, when was the last time they picked on they got anybody lower than the fourth round? Right away right away." I'm saying they got Vince Williams, they got Chet. In the sixth, they got Jesse James in the fifth, and he's like, and then he's disputing that because they're not they're not sexy players, they're not pro Bowl players, but you need and as Steeler fans, Tony, you've got to agree with this. We have seen over the years where Pittsburgh has won with pieces of the puzzle and unsexy picks that have done very well unsexy names. That have done very well. That uh, Ryan Clark's not a sexy name. He was yeah. a perfect piece of the puzzle for them. They didn't draft him, but they brought him in as a free agent. Vince Williams is a starter, and he's done well for them as a piece of the puzzle. The problem is Vince Williams is in the position where you need him to be a star, and he's more of a uh, a role player. As a starter, so that's that's what I'm saying about about that with Vince Williams. But people want sexy. Kevin Colbert's not going to give you sexy. But guess what? We don't need sexy. I don't think we need sexy. No. I think we need reliable.
1: So yeah, sexy is for is, is you know it, it's it's one thing to, to quote unquote win on draft day and, 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 and draft a player that makes you feel good and you can celebrate, but that only lasts as long as he, you know, and it's all about the regular season. It's all about Sundays. And and that's when you really win. I mean, anybody can win on draft day. It doesn't matter if it's, it's what happens during the fall, that, that really matters.
0: That's very true. Um, so we're going to wrap that up. And so, I guess you agree with me on Kevin Colbert. We need to start giving Kevin Colbert a break and realize how lucky we are to have this general manager on this team. You know, I know everybody is upset that uh, they only got a three and a five. We've talked about it ad nauseum. After what that guy pulled, you weren't going to get anything more than a three and a five. And the same with the way that the the, – running back situation, with a running back starter that you lost, same thing, that they were malcontent, and you have a malcontent here that uh, and even Morgan, he was not happy, they're gone. You have, like you said earlier, if you're quoting Tomlin, you have people that want to be here and not hostages. So that's where we are on that. Just uh, coming across the line, just some NFL news. A uh, one of the last uh, named free agents went off the board just now, which it's uh, surprising to see some free agent news. But it just came over on my phone. It just popped up. So CJ Anderson is now a Detroit Lion in a one year deal, which I think uh, Detroit. That's a that's a nice smart move. I don't yeah. know what they gave him, but that's that's the guy I would have given a contract to. Um, but with that being said we're about to wrap things up but we talk about all the great content on Behind the still Curtain all the time Tony briefly what do you have going on this week?
1: Well I wrote something uh, just today it hasn't been published yet but I wrote an article about how I'm disappointed that Ben Roethlisberger had to give up his radio show because of all the quote unquote distractions which I think are over out of town. So there's no reason to uh, get rid of the uh radio show. So that's that's what I've worked on working on that's what I have I worked on today. So uh I have wow, stuff Tony, coming up you know what
0: See, the, the weird thing about our dynamic with you and I is we agree most of the time. So you're upset that he had to give up the radio show?
1: Yeah, cuz cause cause he you know he's a uh, franchise quarterback, I mean, h- how much access do you really have to him as a fan? He, he doesn't do many interviews, right? He-, he doesn't do anything on social media. That was the, you know, and most of these radio shows are manned by backups and, and you know, people like Ramon Foster, who I love, but I mean, he's Ramon Foster. Nobody's going to take his quotes and run with him. The phone, like, well, for, I, uh, 20 I minutes. love. It was only 20 minutes. Go ahead.
0: I love that he's given it up because. Okay. And for a little bit of a different reason, the reason I love that he's he's it up is because they they put him on, and this is 97, uh, 93, 7, the fan, who which I listen right. to all the time, but then they dissect and rip everything apart and rip on Ben afterwards. If I were Ben, I'd tell him to go screw off. I don't care your, I don't need your money. Um, if you're if uh, if Chris Muller is going to rip me to shreds. Um, three hours after I speak, and that's exactly. And Philipponi does the same thing. And and he used to. Uh, actually, he wasn't as bad because he hosted the show. But it's funny. He does his show, then they do the news break right around the corner, and there it is, kind of <laughs> ripping it apart and uh, just taking snippets that uh, a little bit better, or actually make him look a little bit worse, but provides controversy for all of Steeler Nation and for that radio station to talk about. And, well, for us to talk about, the Cowboys makes Ben look bad. So for me, I'm disputing you on that, but I I get the access thing, and uh, that doesn't make sense to me, the access.
1: Yeah, I just think... I just think uh and i and we were, if you were, you know if you know you listen to the show i listen to his show like when i heard the flatter root comment i didn't think it was a big deal at all and now it's like you know he said something about his mother i mean that's that's how they're making out this you know 6 months later or what many months later it's just so ridiculous and and exactly you know, I, but
0: yeah sorry i didn't mean to cut you off but who made a big deal about that flatter root
1: Antonio Brown, guys
0: like Eric. Yeah, but how did how did it become a big deal to him? He wasn't listening to the show. Guys like Eric Hagman, Chris Mahler, Billie oh, yeah. Pony, the media, yeah. those guys made a huge deal about it on that own station. So they, right, I mean, right. they caused a lot of problems. He was giving them free access to him, and they would just, and they would even take half of the inter- I mean half of the sentence and cut it off and give you just the ugly stuff. So right. these guys cause a lot of drama. They cause a lot of drama um for the Steelers by highlighting this this quote over and over and sometimes take, taking it way out of proportion. I mean I I listen I listened to the show religiously. I enjoyed it. However, mm-hmm. as there's times I'm like I actually uh said to myself I'm like okay this is gonna be a problem because I heard the news <laughs> break at the t- right afterwards and they ripped it right, apart right. so so uh, that's that's my opinion but I do respect the fact that you know the access thing we want to hear them. Right. But with that being said, that's, that sounds like that's going to be a good read. So check that out on BehindTheStillCurtain.com. Thank you for bringing that up, Tony. And uh, thank you for all you do, because good stuff. This guy has the best editorial on the site, and uh, oh, you got to check it out. Kind of you. Well, I, I dig you. We're buddies, and uh, we're going to have to check out a Bucko's game if they they don't quit blowing it um, late, in the, late in the game. You know, good starting pitching (laughs) effort and they're blowing it. But, anyways, that's uh, awful. (laughs) But that's, hey, same with the Steelers. But with that being said, remember, buy the steel curtain. (laughs) Exactly. Remember, Steelers, uh, buy the steel curtain for all your needs. Ten new articles at least every single day. You can read stuff from Tony, you can read my nonsense as well. But uh, thank you all for hanging out with us. Tony, thank you.
1: Thank you, Brian. It was a great talk as always, and I can't wait to do it again next week.
0: You got it. For Tony Duffio, for Behind the Steel Curtain, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. This is the Steeler Hangover, and you, my friend, have just been hungover. Have a great week, my friends, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye.